everywhere for something, only to realize it was right in front of you the whole time. The same thing can happen when people look for God. Billy Graham. When cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin, the first man to orbit the Earth, returned to Russia, he reported, I saw no God out there. That doesn't worry us. He looked in the wrong place. He should have looked in the hearts of true believers. You today can put your faith and confidence in Christ, have your sins forgiven, have your burdens lifted, and have hope for the future. Maybe you've been looking for God in all the wrong places. You can find him. We can help. Stop by our website, findpeacewithgod.net, and learn about a relationship with God's Son, Jesus Christ. Findpeacewithgod.net. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville. WAYL, St. Augustine. WATY, Folkestone, Georgia. Online at ilovethetruth.com. This is Ann Graham Lotz with Daily Light for Daily Living. I believe God's Word is all true, even though I don't understand everything. Jesus stated in Matthew 24, verse 35, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Jesus specifically referred to biblical stories that critics say are beyond belief, such as Adam and Eve, Noah and the ark, and a worldwide flood, Jonah swallowed by fish. Yet Jesus cited these stories as legitimate historical events. If Jesus is the Son of God, He is the truth incarnate. If He believed these stories to be historically and factually true, who can say they're not? Listen to me. I believe Jesus is exactly who He claimed to be, the Son of God, the truth, which is why I humble myself, trusting my Heavenly Father, working through the Spirit of truth to speak the truth to me. And He has. He does. He always speaks the truth. You can take Him at His word. This is Ann Graham Lodz. Afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and today is Thursday, February 15th, the day after Valentine's. Hope you guys made out all right on Valentine's. You survived it. You got your wife's or uh, your, uh, well, your wives or your girlfriends if you're out there and you're not married, but you're pursuing marriage, hopefully uh, uh, with somebody, you got them something. But anyway, hey, uh, it is Guest Thursday. If you're just tuning in for the first time, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Spawned out of our uh, SWAT Bible studies here in the North Florida um, area, here in Jacksonville and the surrounding area. And uh, we've been on the air for about seven years and we broadcast here locally in Jacksonville, down in St. Augustine on 91.9, in Folkestone, Georgia, 89.3 FM, and then in Meridian, Mississippi on WMOX uh, and WMER there, and then on the Lighthouse up in Virginia. And uh, I'm excited to have a guy who is no stranger to SWAT Radio. He's been on. In fact, he's filled in for Brad a couple of times over the years, and uh, he has been part of SWAT for many, many years, and uh, he is my good brother and friend in the Lord, uh, Bob Grumman. Bob, welcome back to SWAT Radio. 
Hello, Doug. Hello, everybody. <laughs> how, Good to be here, man. Uh, you're you're up north. What's the weather like? Are, is it snowing up there? I am I am in the Boston area on on business. It is very cold, <laughs> but there's no snow. There's no snow. Uh, as some people may see, they had some big storms. It seemed like I traveled up here right uh, on every storm since January, but then it. It would melt. <laughs> yeah, get a foot of snow, and then it would. It's crazy, but uh, yeah, it's just cold right now, Doug. I can't wait to get back to well, back Bob. To Bob, you <laughs> you have been involved with men for a long time. You've been on here, and you've talked a little bit about it. And you guys, um, I say you guys because you and your good friend Brian Doyle, who's going to join us the second half of the program today, um, uh, are. Uh, putting on an event here in Jacksonville uh, called Iron Sharpens Iron. And uh, that's been something you've been involved with from the get-go, from the beginning. And uh, it's Saturday. From the beginning, yes. Yeah, Saturday, February 24th at Mandarin Presbyterian Church, the West Campus. And um, it, it is from 8.30 to 3 o'clock or 2.55 to be exact. And you got a host of speakers. You got sixteen different seminars uh, from from uh, for men of all ages, age thirteen and up. And uh, we're we're going to talk about that in a minute. But just as a reminder for people who may not have heard, how did it all start? Do you remember how it started? These iron sharpens irons events. Oh, absolutely, and. Uh... Yeah, I'll give you all a teaser, you know, let Brian give you his perspective a little bit later in the program. But what's really cool is um, I went back in the 90s, I went to my first Promise Keepers event. It, it was coming east. It was coming out of Colorado, and, and it was in Indianapolis, and 60,000 men were there. I went with my dad and my brother, and I was just, I was blown away. And uh uh, I, I was in Connecticut at the time, and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta meet the local guy. I gotta meet the local Promise Keepers guy, and I tracked him down. I tracked down, and it was Brian Doyle. And it turned out we were both living in West Hartford, Connecticut. We were one mile from each other, and uh, we built up a friendship. And then Promise Keepers kind of hit a peak and cut back a lot of their staff. And Brian was like. I, I got to do this. This is my life calling. And so Brian kind of tweaked a little bit of the structure that Promise Keepers was kind of like a weekend event, Friday to Sunday. He said, I, I think we got to do this in one day and get a little bit more personal. And so he created an, a, a day, a one-day event back in 2001 of a keynote speaker breakout seminars for men to build and dive into something that's maybe more specific to their life stage, you know, whether they're, you know, a young man or a grandfather or whatever, and then um, have a little lunch and then have a second set of seminars and a closing uh, speaker and send the men home. And he had this idea and he came to me, he said, Bob, uh, I I got this idea. It's all laid out. I need a place to host it. Mm -hmm. So I went to our church, Elder Board Valley Community Baptist Church up in Avon, Connecticut, and we hosted the first two 
uh, Iron Sharpens Iron events, 2001, 2002, and Doug, it it lit up. It, it we couldn't have put the men in the building anymore, and they found a new building uh, um, up in Bloomfield, Connecticut, and it is still going on today. Uh, thousands of men come uh, to the Hartford, Hartford, Connecticut event, and um, it's grown to be 40, 50 seminars a year all around the, all around the country. And, and they're all the same format. Bring it home. They, they all... Have All a keynote in the morning, keynote in the afternoon. They have eight seminars or around that in the morning and seminars yep. in the afternoon. And you know what? Yep. I didn't realize, I couldn't remember this, but I think you may you may have shared it last time, is they started off uh, with the title Light in the Darkness, and then they changed it to Men of Honor. And then in th- 2003, it changed to Iron Sharpens Iron. And it, which is really a good name. I've been involved with them since about 2006. I think the first one yeah. I spoke at was in Philadelphia uh, because they do them all over the country. I've spoken at um, ones out in uh, California, uh, both uh, out up in, um, uh, in the Sacramento area uh, and uh, in Louisiana. I, I, I've been involved since 2006 with yeah. this. And, and really love the format because of the seminars. Because, you know, a lot of times, Bob, when you go to, like, Promise Keepers, you when they did their events, nobody ever got to talk to any of the keynotes. You know what I'm saying? Like, the nope. keynotes would come exactly. up and they would speak, and they were great. I mean, they, they were good men of God who loved the Lord and would give a great message, but there was no interaction. And one of the things that I loved about the way you guys put this thing together is the keynote not only is a keynote in the morning, but then I would do a seminar in the afternoon. And so it would give yes, me a indeed. chance to interact with people at the conference. And, and personally, because even though you were the keynote, uh, and it didn't mean everybody was coming to your seminar. You would usually have between 20 and 40 guys come in, maybe 50. But right. but still, it gave you a chance to go deeper with those guys rather than just a one shot and out of there. And I really like that. And so. A hundred percent, Doug. A hundred percent. And you're, you're hitting at a key point about us men. Uh, we We need to process things. And so. When you go to like the original promise keepers, it's like information, information, information. It's like when do I process this? You know, and you're like overwhelmed. The beauty about Iron Sharpens Iron is exactly what you said. You you'll get a nice, I, we would call it a, a an exhortation type of message in the morning, like really challenge the guys, uh, kind of corporately as a group, you know. And then we go into our breakouts. We have lunch together and. Like you said, you can meet these national leaders and have one-on-one conversations with them. And then, you know, we have music and guys get together and they go, what did you learn at your seminar? What, and they, it's built-in processing. It's uh-huh. built-in uh, that kind of thing. And then at the end of the day, this year we have Phil Hopper um, coming in from Missouri, Lee's, uh, Lee's Summit in Missouri, and uh, he'll do – He'll do some keynote and he'll also do some seminars and uh, 
And that's just the beauty of it. I'm glad you brought that up. I really am because it's so critical. That's what Brian was. His vision was guys need something that's relevant and specific to where they are now. It's got to be relevant and specific to men. It cannot be Sunday morning worship kind of thing. It's got to be really charged up for the guy uh, that's going to have value to him. And he can process it. He can be with his brothers. And, you know, one of the beauties, Doug, you know that guys will be coming from locally. They'll be driving two to three hours. And we're almost, we almost enjoy, you know, the guys that have to drive an hour. It's like we're jealous because they get that hour in the car going home yeah. to, like, talk as brothers or, or even with your son. You know, fathers and sons come to this thing and, like, and you're trapped. You're in the car, right, Doug? Got, yep. Well, what are we going to talk about? Well, let's talk about what what was in the day. So it's almost like you should design in a little car time. <laughs> You're driving circles. I don't know. But um, it's a great thing about the conference. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Well, well listen, I, I, want, I want you to react to some stats here that I pulled up. Um, okay. And, and, and these are stats that are a couple of years old. So this is not even – most recent, but just in the last three to four years, these they did a survey, and and listen to this: over a hundred and thirteen million men in America over the age of fifteen. Okay, out of that hundred and thirteen million men, sixty nine million make no profession of faith. That doesn't mean that the ones who do are necessarily true believers, but out of the 113, Bob, almost 70 million don't even profess to believe in Jesus wow. Christ. 90 million of those men aren't involved in any kind of learning program about Jesus. Only 6 million out of 113 are involved in some kind of learning or discipleship program. Now, what's wow. what's really wild about that is when a mother in a family comes to Jesus and really becomes a follower, about 17% of the time, she will be a witness to the rest of the family and end up, they will end up coming to Christ. But when a father in a family comes to Christ, 93% of the time, the rest of the family will end up walking with jesus or following him uh at least and and you know they will come and and be a part of that isn't that interesting those stats i mean just well you know doug oh yeah and actually what's really kind of if i say it (laughs) those aren't new stats um promise keepers did very similar they've been doing surveys like this and the the statistics were very much the same back in the 90s mm-hmm. that it's kind of an old and tested true thing, right? That, uh, and I'm, re- I'm sorry, I'm referring to the man leading the family. Uh, well, yeah, and, the, you know, Tony mom. Evans, who was a Promise Keeper yeah. speaker, said that too. He said that if you want to yeah. reach oh, yeah. a community, you got to reach a man. Well, hey, Bob, we got to go to our first break. Um, Can you hang on through the break and we'll come back? Because I want you to kind of talk a little bit about why iron sharpens iron, how they come alongside the local church to help the church 
uh, engage men to to reach them and help them reach other men. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Hey, you're listening to Bob Grumman, who actually helped uh, Brian Doyle um, begin Iron Sharpens Iron uh, back in 2001. And they're doing an Iron Sharpens Iron event here in Jacksonville at Mandarin Presbyterian Church. You can go to ironsharpensiron.net to find out more about Iron Sharpens Iron. Uh, to more about an iron sharpens iron and you can also sign up for this particular conference and if uh, I'll, I'll be right back with more from bob after the break this program has the potential to reach millions of men each week if you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about jesus through god's word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. Joshua 1.9 states, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Highway to Eternity Ministries is dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope. The ministry seeks to serve those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's word and share the encouraging testimonies of lives that have been transformed through God's power and grace. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175 or visit www.highwaytoeternity.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a proud sponsor of SWAT Radio. 91 FM, The Truth. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and I have Bob Grumman 
um, who actually is from Jacksonville and would normally be in the studio with me, but Bob has been traveling a lot and he's up in the Northeast. And I asked him if he'd call in today because of the Iron Sharpens Iron Conference coming up. And I'll tell you what, if you are a man in the Jacksonville area today and today only, Jacksonville, North Florida, um, South Georgia, and you want to come to this conference today and today only, if you sign up, go to ironsharpensiron.net, and sign up. They have a place for a discount code. You can put SWAT today only, S W A T, and sign up just today. So um, I just wanted to let you guys know that ironsharpensiron.net, and you can go to the Jacksonville conference. If you go to conferences, it'll bring up a map, and you can see where Jacksonville is. Just click on that, and you can register right there. And when you're filling it out, just put in S W A T for the discount code for today, and you can do it. Hey, Bob, going back to those stats for a second. um, Yeah, I'd like to do that with you. Yeah, listen to this. Fewer than 1% of all men who go to church participate in any sort of men's ministry program or any part of gathering of men. Now, what's incredible is that same survey and by the way i think barna did a lot of these surveys and he did some for promise keepers too george barner but anyway 95 percent of the men who attend a conference will make some kind of life-changing decision 60 percent get connected to a small group out of that so that is amazing when you stop and think about that that stat right there so 95 percent of the men that they surveyed said they made some kind of life changing decision there 60 percent got involved in a small group and you know over the last few weeks bob we, we've had three of our SWAT brothers pass away and yeah uh, and and you know the community of guys that meet at SWAT you've been part of the mandarin SWAT group and you know that level of connection there oh. It's so important, but is that encouraging to you know to know that the conferences that you helped start, like Iron Sharpens Iron, men who come to that leave change. You probably have stories. You've seen it yourself, haven't you? Oh gosh, oh gosh, and I, you know, Doug, I, I was I was kind of praying a little bit during the break about expanding on this statistic because you also brought up, you know, the six million men that are. In a in a teaching program um, out of uh, whatever hundred hundred seventeen million, or, right? yeah, yeah, out of, and um, I've been studying part of what I'm doing with with the ministry is I really studying uh, what I would call the culture wars against masculinity and so forth, and to add to what you said, to add to what you said, it's really cool, you know. There's all these statistics about divorce rates and things like that. Uh, Domestic violence is kind of equal, even sometimes worse among Christian men and everything. Well, when you peel back that layer, when you peel back these people that are running these statistics, I want to raise a red flag to our audience out there and everything. The men that are involved in regular church going, church Bible study, men's groups that church and God and their faith, their Christian faith is truly 
a priority not only on Sundays but throughout the week. These numbers of divorce rates and violence rates, I mean, they become negligent. Mm -hmm. They really get up, you know, they they drop to under 10% kind of thing. And Satan's out there trying to dupe us into thinking, oh, we're no different than the, the regular culture. Well, you know, the Christmas and Easter, people that maybe profess something or don't, whatever, they're skewing our statistics of what is truly happening in the heart and the life of a man. And I want to encourage not only just seminars, and we'll play into how this is, um, I like, you know, the seminar, what you describe is a pathway, a pathway of discipling, moving men into deeper relationships, uh, and, and so partnering with the local church. But I want everybody to be encouraged that when you are truly a man of God, living out the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, in a daily in a daily way and in a convicted devotional in the word, uh, your marriage will be stronger. Your fatherhood will be stronger. Your workplace ethics will be stronger. And you're not in those statistics that Satan wants you to believe. Mm-hmm. You are in what our women and our children want. They want a man of God that loves the Lord and, and lives it out, you know, with, uh, as you know, with courage and, what SWAT stands for, right? So um, that's what I wanted to add to what you just shared, too. I don't know what your – what are your thoughts on Well, no, no, no. No, I, I, I wanted you to elaborate a little bit on that because it. you're right. It is that there are men who are being impacted, and Iron Sharpens Iron is just one conference. There's other conferences, but it's a conference that's been going on since 2001, so you're you're talking about conferences that have been been taking place for the last 22 years, and yeah. Brian and Brian Doyle, uh, who has he was the founder and and he has really been the the guy kind of the point man doing this, and I know you've been walking with him for a long time, and and Brian oh, yeah. a few years ago um, went through a very very difficult. Uh, family situation when his wife passed away and you know and and there were a lot of people who had been impacted by those conferences that i saw step up around brian as brothers do and love him and help pray for him and stuff and these men that he has coming to speak at these it's like i've known brian since uh, about like i said oh six with the first time i didn't know who brian was and he called and ask if I could do the iron sharpens iron in uh, Philadelphia. And, um, you know, it was through doing that, that I met some of these guys, but I want you to elaborate on some, I know, you know, them, you've seen them. They've been here before. They've been at other conferences, guys like Rex Tigner, you know, he's doing a, he's doing a, a, a seminar with Tom McMillan on building effective groups for men. Talk a little bit about Rex, yes. you know, because uh, I know you've you've been a part of his. You've listened to him. Uh, why why should people come listen to Rex? Well, I've I've known Rex for a while. I've, I'll be Brian has probably known him longer and deeper kind of thing. Um, he's up in I believe he's up in Virginia. He leads a ministry called Man Up, and uh, he is really his huge focus is the brotherhood. He's like. You know, he's the guy that'll tell you, do not do life alone. Uh, 
he's been through it. He's he's a grandfather right now, and and he's all about legacy and the, the brotherhood uh, and, and the legacy of men uh, grandfathering. He's also, I think, he's going to be doing a seminar on on grandfathering, and and so he just he's built over the years. I don't know as much about his personal story like that before I was a Christian kind of thing, but Brian might. And, uh, but he will challenge us and inspire us to gather as men to, he calls it man up. He goes, there's times we need to be challenged. Rex is one of those guys, Doug, that he's a lot like you, man. He will tell it like it is. And, but he'll do it in love. He'll do it in a way that will make you a better man. And Mm. that's what I love about Rex. He, uh, he will hug you and at the same time, you know, knock you upside the head and say, brother, what are you doing? Yeah, and, I like uh, that about Rex. He, he's good that way. That's what is – exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah, we've got a bunch of guys. Kenny Bevel – Kenny Bevel's coming, I think, for the third time. We started this in Jacksonville in uh, 2017, so it's our eighth year. Ken Bevel is pastoring up in Georgia, but he grew up in Jacksonville, and – He's got an amazing story. He's coming uh, to talk also about brotherhood and and uh, reaching out, reaching men beyond your circle. So sometimes, men, we get together and we collectively go out together. And you know, going out as a team, I, you know, don't go alone, brother. But go out together. Go out in pairs. Go out and reach other men and come alongside them and give them a hug, kind of thing. And so. Uh, there's going to be quite a quite a few seminars that are going to touch on this, and because you and I know, we didn't get here by ourselves. You and I did not get here by ourselves. <laughs> there was always a brother that intervened or came alongside us, and so between Rex and and a couple other guys, uh, you'll get fired up and encouraged about brother and just actually Doug being at the conference. Uh, alone is it's just that great experience like, oh my gosh look at all these men there'll be hundreds of men there and you know what's awesome what's that number of the one f- feedback is that a guy walks away from the conference going i'm not alone yeah i thought i was alone i thought i was struggling i, I never knew and the other thing is, well, hey Bob, we, we, Bob, go ahead. But we we got to go to news, brother. Um, okay. And I know you got to run, but I just want to tell people one more time: February twenty fourth, which is a week from Saturday, Mandarin Presbyterian Church, West Campus, Iron Sharpens Iron.net, Today only SWAT discount code. If you sign up today, go to that website. Bob, thank you. We love you. We'll be praying for you. All right, and uh, we'll be right back with more of SWAT Radio after the news. Stay tuned. SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Lawmakers downplaying the danger of what House Intelligence Chairman Mike Turner says was a classified serious national security threat this week. Former Missouri Senator Jim Talent says Turner may have been referring to Russia's ability to shoot down a U.S. satellite. The Chinese and to a significant extent the Russians have had the ability 
to attack our satellites in every orbital domain for a number of years. That's one of the reasons President Trump wanted a space service and one of the reasons Congress gave it to him. We need to disperse and harden the architecture. Talon says there are more questions than answers right now. But yeah, we need to tell more to the American people than we've said to this point, because right now none of us even know what specifically the concern is uh, that Congressman Turner has. Talent was interviewed this week on the Salem Radio Network. Also at srnnews.com, President Biden's allies and rivals both want the transcript of his special counsel interview released. We hear more on the story from correspondent Lisa Dwyer. President Joe Biden avoided criminal charges around his handling of classified documents in part because of his answers during a lengthy interview with a special counsel investigating him. The five-hour interview over two days was led by special counsel Robert Herr. It helped establish that Biden did not intend to retain most of the sensitive records from his vice presidency found at his home or personal office. But the sit-down has also opened Biden to scrutiny over his age and memory. Now the public release of a transcript of that discussion is being sought by both Biden's allies and critics. I'm Lisa Dwyer. Former mother-in-law, the woman who opened fire in a Houston church, claims she tried for years to get authorities to look at her ex-daughter-in-law's mental health. This is SRN News. You know, you see a huge group of people and maybe they're in line to do something and they seem happy about it. You have to wonder, okay, what am I missing? What's going on here? What are these people excited about? Well, in this case, it's thousands of people and they're joining MediShare. Why? Well, MediShare is a much more affordable alternative to health insurance. It's reliable too. It's a well-run community of Christians. They've been sharing each other's medical expenses for more than 30 years. So it's proven. And if you switch, you'll likely save hundreds of dollars a month. Most members wind up paying about half what they used to. And you know what? They find they like it better. MediShare's member satisfaction rate is 98%. That's way better than health insurance, as you might imagine. You don't have to pay for things you don't believe in. You get telehealth 24-7. Huge freedom in choosing your doctors. At least check into it. This may be one of those things where you're like, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Why not start saving now? Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Expect some delays because of a crash on I-95 southbound before Old St. Augustine Road on the south side. Also, there's congestion on I-95 southbound before Emerson Street. And there's congestion on the East Beltway, 295 northbound near Butler Boulevard. Partly cloudy tonight, low 52. Friday, mostly cloudy, high 72. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high. Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio is Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And again, uh, we were grateful to have Bob Grauman on last uh, half hour uh, just to talk about the Iron Sharpens Iron Conference coming up at Mandarin Presbyterian on the 24th. And now I'm happy to be joined by the founder of Iron Sharpens Iron, Brian Doyle. Brian, welcome back to SWAT Radio. 
Hey, thanks, Doug. Yeah, it's good to have you on here. And uh, from our radio listeners, congratulations on your marriage. That's awesome. Uh, I know it's uh, it's always uh, you know uh, a good thing. Uh, God says for us to have a helpmate, and um, yep. I, I'm I'm excited for you and your kids. And so, congratulations. So, well, thank you very much. Yeah, it is a it's a new season of life, and yeah. not something anybody plans on. But we're grateful for the provision of God in this. So, thank you. Well, we we were talking. I was talking with Bob just about how I remember the community of Iron Sharpens Iron. You you were a lot of people were really praying for you and loving on you as you walked through not only your wife, uh, your, your first wife dealing with cancer, but just when, yeah. when God took her home there, there, it was a very touching thing for all the guys who were involved with iron sharpens iron. And, um, and so that there was a lot of love there and it was obvious that, uh, there was a great deal of connection and, and we were talking about that, you know, how, how it started up in new England, back in 01 and brian just so our listeners know you were connected somehow with promise keepers prior to starting this right yes so uh in in the uh around 94 93 94 uh i was in the marketplace but i was still on staff with the navigators uh discipling men and then and uh, promise keepers had a big conference in 1993 they filled the stadium at the University of Colorado, 52,000 men. And because Coach McCartney was on the radio at that time with uh, James Dobson, the focus on the family, there were men from all 50 states that attended that Colorado event, which mm-hmm. is not what Promise Keepers expected. Mm-hmm. It, was just a, it was just three pastors trying to get men together to you know, exhort and train them. But it turned out to be a national event in Colorado. Mm. So later that year, late 93, uh, Promise Keepers reached out to the Navigators and Campus Crusade for Christ and said, if you have some men who are uh, called and interested in discipling men and ministering to men. And so uh, I happened to get a call. I flew out to Colorado started volunteering for Promise Keepers in the mid-90s, went on staff with them in 1995 and worked for them for the next five or six years. And then in 2000, you know, Promise Keepers had experienced its heyday and then it went into a different season. And so we, uh, we're in, I'm in New England and I, I wanted to continue to do this work. I feel like it was very fruitful work. Uh, when you build into men's lives, it's not just about the men. It's about all the people that those men influence, mm-hmm. all the marriages, all the children, all the grandchildren, all the churches, all the community and marketplaces, all the neighborhoods. Uh, but churches, you know, by and large, don't do really well with men, don't make them top priority. So I saw Promise Keepers uh, as make, putting men back on the map, and that was very exciting for me. So... We started Iron Sharp and Iron back in 2000 with our first conference, like you said, with Bob in 2001. And we took some of what we learned from Promise Keepers, which was masculine context. How do you create something 
like that. It's not a Sunday morning. This is Saturday morning, something that was safe for men, something that uh, you create on purpose so that men hear from God differently than they do on Sunday morning. And it takes some level of intentionality. It's somewhat strategic. And frankly, very few churches that I've been to have ever really had any favor doing that. And so we knew promise keepers knew how to do it. And so I learned from them how to do it. And then, of course, uh, I was with the uh, navigators. And so I knew what it was to disciple men and train men. Uh, The blessing of promise keepers is that men were exhorted strong biblical exhortation specific to men mm-hmm. but no no training to go with it so men were exhorted to rise up O men of god have done with lesser things mm-hmm. give heart and soul mind and strength and serve the king of kings and they said i will but then they go back to their church and they frankly had no idea to pull it off mm. and so we knew that men needed exhortation not not just Sunday morning Bible teaching, yes to that, but they also at least periodically needed strong, somewhat in your face, biblical exhortation on what God expects of a man, not of a person, not of a parent, but as a father, not as a uh, you know a marriage, but as a husband. So we knew promise keepers could figure that out. Now what we wanted to do. We wanted to give training so that guys knew what to do, how to do it. How do I get to where I want to go? How do I move from good intention to good execution? The men the men who go to church typically on a Sunday morning, they've got good intention. But often their execution is not all that good. Mm-hmm. And so Iron Sharpens Iron is about bridging the gap from good intention to good execution. And so that's what we're working at. Well, uh, I shared with Bob a stat that, uh, and, I, and some of these stats came from Barna. Some came from a couple of other groups, but uh, they actually uh, was, um, they were, it was put out by Washington Area Coalition of Men's Ministries, which I, I believe you know some of those guys up there uh, yep. as well. But it, this was interesting. Over 113 million men in America over the age of 15 out of that 113 million, Brian, it says that only about um, 6 million men out of that 113 million uh, are involved with church in some way. Now, here's what's the other thing that was interesting. Fewer than 1% of the men that go to church are in any kind of training program like you're talking about, any kind. And so, yeah, and and so what I was sharing with Bob that I loved about um, uh, what you do with Iron Sharpens Iron is that it's not just about a keynote coming in and giving a message. The keynotes actually give seminars, but you have other guys giving seminars. So there's literally uh, the, you, you do 16 different seminars, uh, eight yep. in the morning, eight in the afternoon on really specific topics that people can go, well, wow, you know what? I've never had any kind of training in that. Uh, or I don't right. know anything about that. And you're doing one on the patriarch leading and loving your family tribe. Now I just want to comment for a second. That word patriarch has come to be a dirty word in our culture, almost like a, a bad word. Elaborate a little bit on your 
your um, the the particular seminar you're doing on on the role of the patriarch because I think it's a very important role and I'm glad to see yeah. you're teaching on that. Talk a little bit about what you're going to be sharing here in Jacksonville in the area of being a patriarch in your family. Well, yeah, I appreciate uh, you affirming that. And uh, even more important, it's quite clear that this is a big deal to God. Mm -hmm. This is God's idea. It's not like guys like you and I sit around and think about these things. We simply open up the scriptures and we try to clear, try to get the clarity of what God had in mind. What is God's design? And here's God's design, is that men lead and love their own family. Mm -hmm. Now, it sounds like, okay, well, we already know that. Okay, well, what does it look like, though? Because here's what it looks like in 21st century Jacksonville. What it looks like is that men, like you and I, we find great people to do our job for us. <laughs> now, that, could, that might include mowing our lawn. That might include working on our car. That might include teaching our kids piano or, or football, uh, or educating them. But what God had in mind, especially when it comes to discipleship, is that he wants you and I to lead in love to disciple our own families. That's our responsibility. That's not something we can give away. No one can do what God intended a man to do. And so we've tried to create a professional environment where we can bring our families to world-class churches, because that's what we have in Jacksonville. <laughs> we have world-class churches, world-class Bible teaching with wonderful, godly people at the helm, leading all kinds of ministries, including youth ministries and children's ministries, but nobody can do what God designed a man to do. It just doesn't work. We've sabotaged God's plan. We're enamored with our own ideas. So on, on a week from Saturday, we're just going to simply peel back the covers and take a look at, okay, what is it exactly that God designed a man to do? A husband, a father, a grandfather, an uncle, because that's what we are. Most of us are all those roles. And I know my own personal story. When my wife did go through a health crisis and ended up passing away, yes, yes I experienced a great loss. But guess what? So did my five children. Mm -hmm. So did my. So did dozens of people on both sides of my family. So did our small group and our local church. All kinds of people, and somebody needed to step into their lives and shepherd them. You know, First uh, Peter 5 talks about shepherd God's flock that's under your care, and Peter's writing to the elders. But I believe patriarch uh, is a, almost another word for elder. You're an elder of your family. You're responsible as a man to shepherd your wife, shepherd your children. If you have grandchildren, shepherd your grandchildren. And so that's what we're going to talk about. That's what I've had to learn how to step into, how to be the shepherd, the patriarch of not just my nuclear family, absolutely yes to that, but also my extended family, my in-laws, and the people that God's placed under this large umbrella that we call the Doyle extended family. Mm. And one of your children, I think, is, is it Tim? 
is one of your children. Yeah. He's going to be actually doing a seminar on following Jesus after high school, right? He is, and you know that's one of the more fun things that's going to happen at the conference. Is that <laughs> a couple a couple of years ago, so I have three boys, uh, a girl, three boys, and another girl. And my two older boys, uh, a couple of years ago, did a couple of conferences on this type of topic. And now Tim, Tim's 22. He's graduated from college. Tim's walked with God through his middle school years, through his high school years, through his college years, and now his time in the marketplace. He's continued to put Jesus first in his life. He's operating under the Lordship of Christ. And so there's some things that Tim has figured out, mm-hmm. has experienced, that he can pass on to the teenagers or to the young college students who are in our, you know, in, in around Jacksonville, so that they can learn, if they're inclined, how they can continue to walk with God, what they started at home, how they can continue to do that as they leave home, as they exit, as they get launched. It's very important that the young men hear this kind of stuff because, frankly, many young men are struggle to make that transition from uh, living with mom and dad and going to church and you know, having a Christian home. So all of a sudden, now they're going to own their own faith. Uh, they've got a multitude of humongous decisions they have to make. Uh, the pressures of the world, the pressures of the flesh, the culture is all around them. They're, they're, they're at war, and they don't even, they're not prepared for it. So Tim will talk to them about how to win that war. Well, you know, and one of the stats that was um, pretty astounding is for every 10 men that are actively involved in church, nine will have kids leave the church and walk, walk away. And, and that is, that's tough. It's really tough when your kids do that, because a lot of times there's tendencies to internalize that and to say, well, what could I have done differently? <laughs> you know, so I, it would be interesting to hear your uh, son's take on that, because growing up with a dad in right. ministry, um, you know, uh, just hearing that. So the, he's doing a seminar called Following Jesus After High School. There's a, w- one yep. of the guys speaking is a guy named Phil Hopper. And uh, yep. tell people a little bit about Phil. He's coming from Missouri. Um, who, who, tell them a little bit about Phil Hopper. Yes, so Phil, uh, yeah, he's a man's man. He's a big guy. He's six six. He's somewhat intimidating, quite frankly. <laughs> but he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's on the other side of it. He's as sweet as he can be. Yeah. Played football at the University of Kansas. Worked in law enforcement. In fact, you'd appreciate this on SWAT Radio. Worked in SWAT for better part of ten years there uh, in the Kansas City area, and then God called him out of the marketplace, out of the police force, to shepherd people, to be in full-time ministry, teaching pastor, shepherding people right there in Lee Summit, southeast Kansas City, and he's doing a great job. Uh, he he is building his church, though, around godly men. Hmm. Men, when when Phil Hopper sees, sees his congregation, he sees his congregation as units, as uh it's families. He sees them as households. He doesn't see everybody as his constituency. Uh, if it was, you know, Doug McCrarian family, he'd see that as Doug's family. If it was Brian and wife and kids, he'd see as Brian's family. He understands that uh, we we play a pivotal role 
that we're the primary influencers in our family. That's the design of God. And so he's got all kinds of things going on in his church to make sure that he's building godly men because he knows if I build godly men, it's not just about the men that win. It's the marriages that win. It's the teenagers that win. It's the kiddos that win. It's the grandchildren that win. It's my church that wins. It's my community that wins. But I can't bypass men. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's that's so true. In fact, I remember last summer you did a um, – because um, June was – fatherhood month and you did a lot yeah. on that on that back then um and in fact um you you I, I i can't remember was it a webinar or was it just on your website you did that because you did a whole thing the whole month on that right last last summer yeah we did a variety of the webinars and trainings we're going to do the same thing this year what we decided well, for years we, of course we do things around father's day because the culture gives us the third sunday in june so we take it yeah, uh, but I want more than one day. So we decided uh, a few years ago. Uh, we decided that June was going to be National Fatherhood Month. Okay. So uh, we si- we signed a declaration, and as president of Iron Shepherds Iron, I signed it off. <laughs> and so June is National Fatherhood Month. So same thing this year. We'll be doing something every day in June to build godly men, especially for this role in the home. Because here's what I found consistently, Doug. Now, there's probably exceptions, but I'm just telling you, as I speak to you right now, I can't think of one, that you you train men for ministry in the home. Mm-hmm. They, they learn to minister. They learn to be an ambassador for Christ in the home with the people that are most important to them, with the people that they already love. And as he, as men experience a measure of success in the home, again, with the people that they love, that sets them up for ministry outside the home, to be an, to be an ambassador to Jesus outside the home, with people that they are supposed to love, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you start with the home. That's where we start. We have to equip men to be world-class fathers and grandfathers to that's just God's design, God's intent. Sequence matters. When it comes to ministry to men, sequence is important. Yes, it, it really is. And, you know, one of the thing about the, the fathers being important is fatherless children are, and you've seen these stats too, are five times more likely to live in poverty, uh, to have emotional problems, and, and really just um, it, it's it, 90 something percent of all the people in jails in this country uh, there's n- like don't have a father and and so yeah. it, it's just really important and one of the things that um, you know Bob and I do here both at SWAT and through the iron sharpens iron after the conference stuff is we're involved with a lot of ministries that are ministering to those people that don't have fathers you know, and, yes. and, and so, uh, talk a little bit about that. We have a few minutes left, Brian, what goes on after the conference? Like, uh, so the guy yes, comes so, to the conference, he comes, right. he, he gets all fired up and what happens yep. afterwards, you know? That's it's an excellent question. So, uh, iron shepherds iron again, one of the, I represented, I worked for promise keepers for five and a half years. Uh, it was, we had, in, in some ways, we had enormous success. Uh, 
million men uh, went to conferences in 1996. Uh, 1.4 million men went to Stand in the Gap in 1997. So, I mean, incredible numbers. But the reality is many of those guys just, like I said earlier, just could not take the next step because they didn't know what to do. Mm. Iron Shepherd's Iron is, you know, someone called me like I don't know, two weeks ago and said, hey, Wednesday, we're talking about a, uh, our conference in Montgomery, Alabama. When's your rally in Montgomery? I go, we don't have a rally. We have an equipping conference. They go, no, whatever. I go, oh, no, it's not whatever. It's an equipping conference. There's three components to an equipping conference. Number one is biblical exhortation. We'll start the day on Saturday the 24th, and you've done this for us. Yes. Biblical exhortation. The scriptures are clear. The scriptures have mandates for men. It's not Sunday morning material. If you don't come on Saturday morning, you're never going to get this. This is Saturday morning material, biblical exhortation. That's number one. Number two, training. Training. How do I do? Like, I didn't come from a Christian family. I became a Christian in college. My dad was a nice guy, good guy, solid guy. He was not a Christ follower. So all of a sudden, I want to be a Christian dad. I want to disciple my kids. What does that look like? I need training. And like in everything else. I, you know, how do I become a Christian? How do I, you know, love my wife like Christ loves the church? You know, how do I steward my time, talent, and treasure? Uh, all the kind of things that men must do, I needed training. And often in local churches, you already mentioned it, a very small percentage of men are being trained because a very small percentage of churches are actually training in training men intentionally. So number two is training. Mm-hmm. Number three, this the this goes to answer your question, is resources. Pretty much everybody that's coming to our conference is a trainer with resources. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you got an hour training. Okay, after this, here's a resource. Here's a podcast. Here's a book. Here's a training manual. So whatever you go to, there's going to be something. And by the way, here's my name. Here's my number. Let's keep in touch because, you know, discipleship is relationship. So the conference is designed to provide exhortation, rise up, O men of God, training. You choose the seminar you want to be trained in. And number three, resources, so that when the conference is over, you have somebody, you've got their number, you've got their website, you've got their resource, you've got a book in your hand, you've got something on your phone, so that it doesn't end on Saturday but continues for weeks and months and maybe years to come. Hmm, that's really good. Well, you know, I have to tell you, uh, Brian, uh, I have, I, I think I got a, my first conference I did with you guys was in Philadelphia back in, I, 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 I told Bob, I think it was 06, but I think it was 09 that I did that conference. And, and I, I've been involved with you guys since then and really love the format. And I love the, your, your team of people that put everything on. And one of the treats for me was when I was in the FBI, I went to a conference here in Jacksonville and um, uh, uh, who's the man in the mirror? Uh, Pat Morley was there speaking and Pat spoke and I thought, man, I want to serve God. I would love to serve God like that one day. 
what he's doing. I yeah. just think that's the coolest thing. And then God called me out of ministry to go to Russia. Well, a couple of years ago, I actually spoke as one of your ISI guys down in Deland with Morley. And it was just such yeah. a treat to remember that. And one of the things I love about your website, you can go to the Iron Sharpens Iron website and click on speakers and you will see all the different variety of speakers that are there. It 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 is there's so many guys and they they do seminars, they do they're the keynotes and these are people some of them you'll see you'll recognize from Promise Keepers or other conferences or other ministries.